Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Energy Storage Market Series. My name is Erez Dolev, and I'm the Managing Director here at Renvu. Uh, today, we are going to be hearing from Corbin Abshir, Director of Business Development at Powerfield, about PowerRack, Ballast Ground Mount Solution. Uh, before we dive in, and while we're waiting for more people to join, I'd like to give a little background on Renvu, as well as uh, some of the products and services we offer. Uh, Renvu is a U.S.-based solar equipment distributor. We're, we have been in industry for over a decade, and we currently have fulfillment facilities in California, New Jersey, and Texas. Our sales staff all have background within engineering or solar installation to provide you with the best uh, sales and uh, services. Um, a few products quickly to spotlight here. Um, and we'll share the links in the chat for uh, for some of them. Uh, we have received the new uh, generation of the Solis hybrid inverters, and we have 7.6 kilowatt, 10 kilowatts, and 11.4 uh, kilowatt inverters uh, ready to ship. We can supply them with Soluna battery banks. Uh, we carry also home grid pipes and fortress uh, power low voltage battery banks uh, to go with solar converters. And we have some great pricing on all, on all of those and uh, some uh, some promotions running currently uh, with some uh, free Tygo uh, optimizers and uh, gift cards, so worth checking. Uh, we now have Lumin Smart Panel on the shelf. This is a great option to manage loads without the need to replace a... Uh, replace the main panel or to add a dedicated uh, critical load panel with the ability to manage and monitor each circuit. Uh, we have several Q-cells ESS systems consisting uh, on an inverter, uh, auto transformers, and 18.9 kilowatt hour battery bank, all that at uh, $6,998. Uh, for these last units, we are giving also free Three extra 6.3 kilowatt hour batteries and 20 rapid shutdown devices. So take advantage of this offer while it lasts. Uh, we also have several N-charged NPESS systems left at uh, 5,983. This is uh, almost $2,000 below the, uh, the regular price of these. Uh, we carry all N-phase microinverters and have unbeatable pricing uh, if you're using these. I encourage you to talk with our team about pricing. Uh, let's see. One second. Sorry about that. Um, Let's see here, this is our commercial price list for large volume options and our upcoming offerings of solar modules. Uh, for solar panels, we have many options, but uh, by far the, our best value products at the moment are the Canadian Solar 395, uh, black on black, the Zenshine 550 bifacial and 405 black on black modules. Uh, both are Bloomberg tier one uh, companies. Uh, we also have a great price on the Hyperion 400 black on black. If you are able to buy a full container, we can give them at uh, 29 cents per one, which is nice. This file is a good one to bookmark. Uh, we update it regularly so you can stay up to date with our latest uh, deals uh, for bulk orders. 
Uh, this is another tab on the same file. Uh, it lists our inverters and ESS specials. Uh, so also worth checking. I'll take a minute also to mention our Bleaky residential carport. Uh, this is a great way to ex expand existing solar system or an alternative solution where you cannot install solar on a roof. Shown here is the two-car carport. Uh, here is also a, it has also an option for a tandem solution with a shared columns, so you can connect multiple of those when you need the carport for more than two cars. It is designed to be assembled by a crew of two people. It doesn't require any specialized or heavy machinery to install. Uh, this is a solar structure, so it's eligible for the 30% ITC and extra 10% for US-made products. Uh, the, car, the, carports, uh, the carport is supplied with the uh, Iron Ridge system and under panel clump, so it accepts any solar module and inverter you want. When combined with the bleakier EPDMT gasket, the surface becomes watertight. It is designed and fabricated in the US and comes with a 25-year warranty. Uh, the structure is coming with a structural engineer PE stamp. Uh, you can install up to 24 solar modules with four columns of six. Uh, with the 410 module, uh, you will generate 10 kilowatts, and the same with the 550 watt modules. With the basic load capacities of 35 uh, per square foot snow load, which can be upgraded up to 60 pounds per square foot, and 150 miles per hour wind load out of the box, which can be upgraded also. And the seismic design category E. The two-car carport is 18 feet wide to cover two standard carports or car spots, and then 18 feet deep with a nine and a half feet clearance, and it comes with five degrees tilt. Um, Bleaker just released their G5 model. Uh, which has which has even less parts and installation time reduced significantly. All components are delivered on two pallets. It's galvanized and powder coated with uh, a, we have a color palette of five uh, different colors that you can choose from: uh, black, gray, tan, white, and uh, and more. You can uh, find a 3D model on the on the Bleakier website if you want to play with it and see a little bit more. Maybe one last item to go over before we get started here is our solar design and quote tool. You'll find it on the top of our homepage on renvu.com. You can generate as many quotes as you need, a couple minutes. Uh, first, select the system type and components you would like to see on your quote. Uh, then you choose your panel. Uh, I'm going to choose the REC uh, panel here since I know that uh, it has the width is within the power rack uh, maximum width. Uh, Corbin will uh, explain about that soon. Then next configuration, the racking system. Uh, you have a wide range of options, tilted flat roof, ground mount, and carports. Uh, I'm selecting the ground mount option and selecting power field from the brand's options. Uh, I'll, I'll create two arrays here. I'm changing all the uh, all the a rows here to landscape because this is the orientation that the power rack is uh, uh, accepting the panels and then this way our system will calculate correctly all the accessories and the cabling that you need for this
we can look on, on the left side as I'm making changes, the prices and the quantities are uh, changing there. So you can make changes to the selections and see how it affects the total uh, quote. You can see now it shows the end phase. I, I'm going to go with the, the string inverter and you can see how it changes the quotes. I'm, I'm selecting that I, that will not have a storage uh, commercial commercial inverter here. And I don't need rapid shutdown for this since it's a ground mount. I'm adding a couple modules to have spares in case something happens. I don't need EV charger. Then here, I'm getting uh, the bill of material. And I'll select to receive a quote to my email. And then it will also save the uh, the quote to uh, my account here under quotes. You will see it. I have a quote number that I can communicate with the uh, sales engineers and see all the components. I can make changes to it, print it, download it, or even place the order directly from here. Uh, if you have any questions about these products or about PowerField while Corbin is uh, presenting, please feel free to ask in the Q&A section and we will get to the questions at the, at the end of the webinar during the Q&A session. You can also email our sales team at info at brandwood.com uh, for more information and pricing. Uh, this webinar is being recorded and we will send you a link in the follow-up email. We also have recordings of uh, previous webinars on the Renvu YouTube channel that you can check out. Um, we also we launched uh, a poll here uh, about typical uh, typical installations that you are making. If you want to uh, participate and fill that out, uh, feel free to do so uh, during the webinar. Um, without further ado, I'll hand it over to Corbin. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rez. I appreciate it. Um, I like you showing the uh, design tool purchasing option for the customers. That's a very powerful tool. All right. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for taking the time um, to join us here today. And thank you, Renvu, for the opportunity to present alongside you. Um, we are very grateful for our relationship with Renvu um, and have uh, a very, very bright future ahead, ahead of yourselves for your, for your customer base. And you are doing the right thing out there. Um, so thank you again to everyone who's here joining us. Um, if you have used the Power Act in the past, I greatly appreciate you. We greatly appreciate you using our product and continuing to use it in your um, ongoing projects. Um, as, as he mentioned before, my name is Corbin Absher. I'm our Director of Business Development. And joining me also is Patrick Fleming. He's our Chief Operating Officer. Um, he'll be with us on the Q&A afterwards. So please, I encourage you um, throughout this presentation, please type in your questions in that uh, Q&A section there, and we'll get to them at the end. Um, we can go back through our slides and review any any um, pointed topics that you guys may want to go over there. Yeah, so we are Powerfield Energy. We we make a product that ultimately is the simplest racking solution for solar in the world. 
um, a simple, scalable, sustainable product. Um, and we're excited to present it to you guys today. Um, PowerFill, we, we know that companies and people have had pains and issues with their solar racking in the past, no matter if that's using a typical steel pole-mounted system or you're using another component um, that you're building on your own on a smaller system. There's all kinds of issues that go with these, um, especially if, if, you're, if you're stuck with those, you have a lot of engineering, nuts and bolts. It can become a lot of headaches and a lot of gruesome time and costs that come up with it that you just don't want to get. At the end of the day, you were trying to install solar and save money by doing that. And that's where we want to present our product that is ultimately going to be that cost-saving solution for you. Uh, the Power Rack is a no ground penetration product. It's a ballasted racking solution. Um, you fill it with a natural material. You're not using any concrete or intrusive products. Um, you have a very fast installation. It is a rackless product. You don't have any other mounting hardware components that re require, are required to fully install your modules on the power rack, uh, which ultimately is going to lower your installation costs, your installation time, and going to save you money um, on your projects. And we know that uh, racking is becoming a very expensive piece of the project. Uh, and we know at Power Rack that ultimately we want to save you cost where, where that time and headache is spent most often. The Power Rack is unbelievable, unbelievably simple. There are really only four steps to get your Power Rack system installed. You're going to set your power racks out, lay them into the system of where they're going to go, fill them with your ballast material. There's a variety of materials that that can be. Attach your solar modules onto the power rack, put on your mounting retainers, and deploy the system. Can't be easier than that. We're going to see a demonstration of a power rack install. With a single module, you can see it's it's easy to be done by even just one person. Um, as we mentioned, you have to set your power racks out. Um, there's three feet of row spacing typically in systems. We will provide ballasting analysis for you to know how high you need to fill up your power racks with material. Depending on the module size, we may have adapters that come with that that simply clip on to the high side to make that fit them. Hold the, hold the module, slide it into place. The frame will be held up on the high side, all using gravity. And then you put your mounting retainers onto the bottom side and then simply put the retaining tab into the mounting retainer. It can't be easier than that. You're not, have, not having any, any headaches with that. Um, no, no painful engineering, no, no painful process of labor um, from a small project up to a large commercial one. The Power Rack is here to present you with an option. As I mentioned, there's a lot of different um, solar markets out there, um, and Power Rack is fit to to be a solution for all of them, from your residential projects and agricultural settings, portable power, large utility scale, down to commercial, and even on the sensitive soil sites to where you can't do any ground penetration. It's a perfect option. Power Rack is made all throughout, or is made in the U.S., um, and so we fit within your your ten percent tax credit that you will get for domestic tax credits. 
Obviously, everyone knows that this is a perfect time to be going solar um, with the incentives that are available for everyone. Um, and PowerAck is just adding on top of that to make you, your savings a little bit more that you can get. Um, always recommend to, to speak with your tax professional to get um, final advice on that. The Power Rack is to even go further than that of your tax savings. The Power Rack is a fully economical, sustainable product um, from production to the installation. Um, there's not going to be a more sustainable product on, on the on the market. Uh, it's it's amazing the simplicity and the savings uh, that come with with the Power Rack solution. And the simplicity of it really goes into the application of the Power Rack itself. Um, where the power act can be installed is truly limitless. Um, as long as you have the space to do a ground mounted system, uh, a lot of customers, um, as Arez mentioned on a residential system, you may not have the rooftop space to be doing that. Um, but you have the ground space, um, and you can add on and power act is a simple solution to where you can, can make a residential, uh, solar system be easily installed there. This is the same project as the one previously. Um, simply showing that you, know, you don't really have to change the demographic and the look of your land to get a solar system installed, a ground-mounted install. You still get to save the aesthetics of it. Um, the low profile of the power rack itself will, make, will not take away any of your beauty, even up to a 16-kilowatt system. You're simply just adding it into part of your landscape there. Um, as I mentioned on a residential system, even in kind of an outside rural project, you may not have the roof space to do it um, by simply putting it on the grass right there. Um, you can just add, add a power rack system and get your solar going super simple and very fast. The, on the opposite side, power rack has been used in larger projects and on very interesting labor opportunities um, to where not only your um, amazing labor crews that you have on your team will get projects done very, very fast and saving your labor costs at the ultimate, at the end of the day. Um, but you have the opportunity to get communities involved um, with projects or your company involved with projects themselves. Um, the simplicity of the Power Act opens up for community volunteers to get in place for community solar projects to where they can have a little bit more tie um, and, and feel connected to, to what they're doing rather than just seeing the project get done and being able to purchase that power from it. Um, they know that they had their hands in something that is really making a positive impact on their community. Um, and even here in, in Pennsylvania, we were able to use um, some local, local labor crews that got this two megawatt project installed in just four weeks. Um, so really anywhere from your big projects down to a portable power rack solution um, it, we're here to make a difference. Everyone is aware of, of the of the catastrophic fires that happened in Maui. Uh, we had the opportunity to to get um, our PowerX delivered out there to to provide some some portable solutions uh, while they're going through this. And even on the other side here in the U.S. of you know events or you know you're traveling and want to have your your power there that's not going to be a diesel generator or something that is, is negatively impacting your carbon footprint. And there's opportunities for the Power Rack to bring that as a solution that just were not possible before. Um, so pretty remarkable of, of the impact that Power Rack is seeing not only on homeowners, but companies themselves being able to expand in different ways that um, the solar market 
in the music industry, for instance, with that one um, has never seen before. Yeah, that that is wrapping up the Powerfield Power Rack is the simplest, scalable, most sustainable ground mounted racking solution um, in the world. And we are happy to be here talking with you all today. So um, that is it. it. It's a simple process, simple talking points. Um, so we will open up our, our Q&A and go through some of those questions. So if you have any more, please feel free to, to share them. Thank you. Then, uh, before we're starting, I see that there is one question about Bleak here, the first question. So I'll take over real quick on the screen share. Let me uh, share my screen. Let's see. Can you stop sharing yours so I can? Oh, yes, sorry. Thank you. So the first question is, what is the difference uh, in the new bleak here courts? Uh, can we get designed to cover spaces uh, for our storefront? So here, this is the 3D version uh, on the bleak here website. You click on 3D tool, we will get these. And you will also a one or RCP2. So this one is actually three carports connected with a tandem solution. So when you're buying this, you will buy one RCP2 standard and then two uh, RCP2 tandem, which is only those extension uh, combs and one roof. Then the last comes over here, belong to the first, uh, to the first, uh, uh, carport. So this is in general how a six-car carport would look like. Um, and what you see here is actually uh, G4, um, the former generation of the carport. You ask also what is the difference. So this is how the new car uh, version looks like. Uh, you can see here that there is only one, uh, one connection or uh, splice in the middle compared to here you have two uh, splices so less components you're able to connect it while this is sitting on the ground you're connecting it to the main columns and then lifting up and making the connection in the middle for all these so this is the main difference uh, not using those bulky connectors this is hidden uh, very nice using blade connectors rather than uh, sleeves and it's much more easier to install. Uh, other changes, this is galvanized and powder coated. Before it was galvanized and then painted, uh, which was uh, less or maybe a little bit more uh, work for the installation. Currently it will come powder, powder coated um, with some extra spray in case there are any blemishes while uh, you're installing it. These are the main differences. Uh, so I hope I answered that question. I'll stop sharing and let Corbin take over again. We can start with the other questions there. All right. Yeah, uh, let me go back. 
for this. Um, awesome. So the first question I see is the, can the power act be used for roof mounts? Um, good question. We get asked this a lot, uh, and currently not particularly, I would say, um, it's, the power rack requires anywhere from around, you know, 250 pounds up to 500 pounds of ballasting material per power rack. And that's usually going to be two of them per module. Um, so most of the roofs, that's going to be way too much weight for them. We've had some very odd specific cases to where that would be, um, you know, a different scenario. But for the most part, I, I would look at it as being no. But hopefully we will have a uh, a roof-mounted project in the future. All right. Any type, another question is, any type of aggregates or soil required to ballast? Um, so no, not any requirements. Um, the only requirement is the weight. And so we will help customers put together a ballasting diagram. Uh, we will soon have an online tool that will do that. Um, you will be able to go on and, and do your your systems and get your own ballasting diagrams from that. Um, but essentially, we just need you to get to a certain weight. We can help you with uh, answer a question of, of that ballasting material, you know, to know what you're using and how what indicator lines you may need to get to meet that that need. Um, but any type of topsoil, gravel, uh, pea gravel, um, crushed rock, top, uh, sand, um, anything that's small, dense, and, and heavy. You don't want to use bigger materials um, that are bulky. Makes that uh, not as even there. Great question. Scott said, I installed 7.8 uh, kilowatt system. Stand behind the product. Not a question, but I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. All right. Another question is, um, what solar uh, what solar module size is best for the power rack? It's a great question, uh, and because we don't fit with every module right now, we do have a size limitation uh, that is based off of the width of the module. And so this is the outside frame to outside frame uh, edges, which is a thousand fifty millimeters on the max, um, or nine hundred sixty millimeters on the minimum. Um, and in inches, that's 41.3 on the high side and um, 37.8 on the low side. But besides that, as long as it is a framed module, um, that's a traditional frame with the flange that goes back in, um, because that is what we use for the mounting process, um, it'll work with it. We can't use a frameless module. Marvin, just uh, interrupt here for a minute, just to put on record that we are currently designing a larger version of the rack. So uh, we're targeting middle of next year, 2024, when we'll have a, uh, a version in the market that can handle some of the larger modules coming out now. Yeah, that's exciting. So we, we get a lot of inquiries that are larger modules and uh, we want to be able to accommodate everyone. So hold tight. We'll get it there for you. Uh, awesome. 
Uh, next question is any uh, from Scott says any question any concerns with high wind flood zone snow other weather conditions that could come through and displace these containers. Uh, that's a fantastic question, and um, you know, I mentioned you know there there are some restrictions on on that one. I would say the the highest the number one you put in there for wind. Uh, we can get up to 120 mile an hour winds um, with no ground penetration. Um, on the bottom side of the power rack itself, there are three drain holes, um, and one of them is intended for the use of a ground anchor. If you wanted to do that to try to get to a higher wind, we have not done studies ourselves with that to be able to back it up of what that's going to do, um, but that option is available. Um, and then on the flood zone, obviously these are very low to the surface, um, the low side being eight inches from the ground. Um, so uh, I would keep that in mind when working in a flood zone. Obviously, we would love to sell you a product, but um, always want to be keeping it in condition of, of where you're doing that. Uh, snow is a, is a very common concern uh, with being so low to the ground. Um, and and truthfully, we've seen a, a very big surprise in how popular we have been in the snowy areas. Um, given the cost savings that people see in the installation, using the power rack a lot of times has been offsetting to the production loss during those snow covered times. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter what solar module or, or racking system you're using, um, when the snow comes, they will be covered in snow. Uh, but obviously ours is lower to the ground a little bit more accumulation could happen um, but the cost savings in the beginning won't, won't help with that um other weather conditions um another thing to keep in mind is the slope because we are non-penetrating to the surface um our, our slope tolerance is 10 degrees and that's kind of at a per module basis um, because most of the time every solar module will be mounted independently um, as they have two power racks underneath one module, um, we will not be required, you know, not required of, of every module to be in the same plane there. Uh, re another question is any regional restrictions, heat, freezing, or snow? Um, Patrick, do you want to answer that one? Sure. Yeah. Similar answer to what you gave before. We, we have, there, there is no, there's no region, certainly not here in the U.S., and we don't predict anywhere in the world where power racks would not work. Uh, they are designed uh, to withstand um, extreme weather conditions. So uh, it's made with a, a, a high-density polyethylene material that uh, has a very high, um, very wide temperature tolerances. So no, no worries there. Uh, and snow, Corbin already talked about snow. So your your modules may accumulate snow and get buried, but we don't typically see a lot of solar production during the winter months anyway. So the production loss, you know, that you may experience would be relatively low when you look across the calendar year. But, um, you know, certainly there will be accumulation. We've most of our residential customers simply go out and brush or blow the snow. You know, another advantage of them being low profile is they're accessible uh, as opposed to modules on your roof that you can't reach. Uh, these you you know you can simply go out there with a broom or a snowblower and keep them clear uh, all year round. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, let's see here. Let me go into. This. 
So and this is about minimum order quantities. We we do not currently have any minimum order quantities, so that should not be a concern. Answer on that. Uh, another question is, are there any permitting considerations specific to these racks to be careful of? Patrick, do you have the best answer on that? I would say no. Uh, obviously, we will want to make sure that we do the structural analysis of it to make sure that we are meeting the jurisdiction's wind speed um, requirements. Um, but for now, we are, we're knock on wood, we're at 100% approval rating um, with, with 38 states. Um, so we haven't haven't had any issues with that thus far. All right, and the question is, what is the lead time to receive the power rack if I order tomorrow? I hear supply chain for solar racking can be an issue right now. And that's definitely true. Yeah, um, we hear this a lot from, from customers who end up finding us because of these, um, these delays. Um, and so, as Patrick mentioned, we're a high-density polyethylene product that's made through injection molding um, here in the U.S. and in Minnesota. Um, and so that process is a fairly fast process to get that done. Uh, we currently have plenty of inventory of it already um, and have an easy method to, to get more of that produced for larger orders. Uh, but typically, we have a delivery time of anywhere from around two to, two to three weeks um, for projects. Okay. Um, the question from Alan is, what is the minimum weight to put into the power rack? Um, and so I would say the minimum weight would be, hopefully, we we get you a balancing diagram to tell you that. Um, but you'll want to go to the to the bottom line uh, on the power rack as the as the bare minimum of what one would be going to, and that's typically right at about two hundred pounds, um, two hundred fifty pounds, depending upon the material. Um, but yes, I would. Uh, my recommendation is to to get your ballasting diagram to tell you um, what your minimum of a of a system may be. Okay, made of. I answered the high density polyethylene. Um, next question is, what height is the module from the ground, and is this a height mowers can go onto? Um, yeah, so eight inches is what that is, um, and you typically, uh, Patrick, I don't know if you have a clarification on, you know, getting a mower underneath that. Of... Yeah, so the the front leading edge of the module is going to be eight inches off the ground. It's going to be two feet or a little more than two feet on the high side, uh, and certainly rocks could could easily be thrown uh, that high. I probably would not recommend using a mower if you have too many rocks Uh uh, on your site, um, and and some mower decks are you know too high for that. Uh, a lot of mower decks are maybe taller than eight inches. You might not be able to get under that leading edge uh, unless you have a really low profile mower, but you can certainly get close to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can't deny that rocks could potentially spit up onto those modules. Yeah, always always nervous to do that. If you have a mulching setting, you could drop it down, but. Keeping it um, clean and not trying to cause damage to them, I always want to recommend that. Um, another question from Alan says, do we need anything to nail down to the ground? Um, no. So all, all of our requirements that we, we produce for ballasting um, to meet that wind speed is without any ground penetration. Um, so, um, so no, no ground penetration required. 
Question is any recommended seasonal maintenance? And what a, what about frost heave? Patrick, I'll let you take that one. Sure. Yeah. Well, we've talked about um snow accumulation and vegetation uh and mowing. Uh frost heave, you know, that there's no way for us to be able to say what your ground is going to do under frost heave. Uh if there's a significant amount of movement then certainly, you know, there's a risk of lifting, uh, pushing or shifting these racks. So, you know, that that would be something to think about. Um, if you have a lot of frost TV, you might want to just check, you know, uh, throughout a season what that's doing to something else that you have sitting on the ground, some other, you know, bucket or block or piece of equipment uh, of similar weight is if that's shifting, then your your ballasted uh, solar racks are going to shift as well. One advantage of the two rack per module layout, uh, as Corbin mentioned earlier, the modules end up being independently mounted and therefore not rigidly affixed to each other. They're going to be connected, of course, with your cabling and your grounding bonding solution. But if there's a little bit of shifting, lifting, et cetera, module to module, as long as that's not too significant if that's just an inch or 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 less or maybe a couple inches at the max then your your rows might shift out of alignment with each other but there's no real harm in that if if one module ends up being you know half an inch or an inch shifted away from its neighbor um no real risk there yeah great question uh next question says can some 12 volt heat be added in the winter I'm not sure what that means. You know what that means, Patrick? If not, no, I suppose that that maybe somebody asking whether they could try to add a little heat to their module frames or modules to uh, facilitate melting. And I I suppose that's possible. I don't have any experience with doing so. Yeah, I would refer to the the module manufacturer on that one. All right. Uh, let's see. Are there better? Are these better for string inverters, optimizers, or microinverters? Thinking of partial shading from grass, snow, and sun angles. That is a right. fantastic question. Yeah, all, all of the above. No no restrictions there. You uh you can use all the same string options and inverter options that you would with any racking system. If you're using optimizers or microinverters, uh, we just recommend that you use the module frame brackets that come with those and mount those up in the module frames themselves. We we do not recommend uh, drilling or bolting those components directly to the rack. You you could do that. It's a very robust HTPE, but once you penetrate the rack in that way, uh, you know, you would void the, the warranty. And there's always a chance that some number of years from now, those bolt holes or screw holes create some stress fractures. So we we would not recommend that you uh you're drawing some lines there yeah i was just saying i was gonna once you were finished i was gonna say that this is where the the wire management system kind of built into here um and so your um wires your home run wires for string inverters and your module wires can simply lay into that so i want to make sure that that was pointed out yeah and then where i thought you were going this is another option we have had some DIY customers build some sort of hanging frames. So if you if you took 
you know, some strut or some brackets uh, and, and mounted your module level power components to those. And then just sort of draped those hangers over the sidewall there, that, that would be a much better option than trying to bolt or screw them directly to the rack. But really the, the module frame brackets are the best option for those. But string inverters, plenty of our customers use string inverters as well and just mount those separately on a rack or on a post uh, near the array. Um, the links will be included in the follow-up email. So we'll send an email probably tomorrow or the day after with the recording and some links that we were sharing. A fire hazard due to grass, uh, you know, if if... If there's a risk of your field burning, then certainly your solar array would be at risk as well if it's sitting on grass. We we have had plenty of customers lay down a gravel bed um, or a barrier to prevent vegetation growth altogether. So that that's always an option. Um, I don't believe there's any additional risk of fire uh, from the solar apparatus, if that's what you're asking. There, there should not be a great deal of heat uh, there's always a risk of, you know, sparking or shorting anytime you have an electrical apparatus. So certainly can't deny that risk, but um, we have not seen a, a grass fire problem in any of the projects that we've been involved in or are aware of. Yeah, good question. Uh, let's see, question about how many cities? I don't know the total number of cities. No, that's a good question. I don't even know that we could know that. We we do know that we have product that we have sold in 38 states and counting, and I don't know how many different jurisdictions in each of those states, but as Corbin indicated earlier, we're batting a 1,000. So we, we have not been uh, rejected by any AHJ uh, for permitting yet. Occasionally, there's some back and forth. You know, some AHJs or officials have never seen this product before, and so maybe they have questions. And we're, we stand by to answer any of those questions and have answered them successfully in every case so far. So again, not, not, have not been rejected once yet. Awesome. Um, so the question next is about pouring water into the power rack instead of using a, a, a material. Um, and so the, the, Answer without doing anything to the power rack itself is no, because um, it will just go out as there's drain holes in it. Um, but you can always always be innovative in the way that that material gets into there. But another issue with the water is that that eventually is going to evaporate. I'm sure everyone has played on a a, a basketball goal that is held down by water, and that eventually will fall over when that water evaporates out of there. Same thing's going to happen here. Um, so that's why we want to make sure that we're using uh, a, a material and, ho and hopefully it's a dry material. Um, so you're not messing with a, a muddy wet material, getting that into there. Um, but yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to use water. Some of the photos show uh, a bed of gravel underneath the arrays, but can the rack be installed on rougher terrain or without any site prep at all? I'm going to switch to a different slide here and show you. So this site here is right on, on the ground. Um, they don't have any material under them. There's some for a little bit of, you know, fixing of, of the module, the bracks, if there was a hole in the ground or something along that line. So they can run the rows all the way across. But no, you do not 
have to do any site preparation beforehand. Um, as we, we've mentioned, the as when the modules are mounted independently, uh, it's going to roll with these undulations and changes in the surface. Um, so it you don't have to do a bunch of site prep beforehand. Um, and the, uh, that time and expense of being out on the site um, can be cut down there. So you don't have to have to do that. Obviously, it's going to reflect what the surface looks like. Um, so that's why you do see a lot of our customers put gravel underneath that um, to make it a little more level at the end of the day or for a <clears throat> less hands-on vegetation control um, or even in other situations where we've had the gravel be installed as a, a requirement for a electrical insulator um, for where that project was being installed. So um, good question on that one. Uh, next question, is there a need for small systems to get a permit? And so I'd, my, my answer is depending upon your jurisdiction and if you're going to be off grid on what you need to do with that, um, I believe, and, and I'm not the best, most, the best expert on this answer, but I believe if you're tying into an existing system, you have to have a permit for that. Yeah, typically, it's hard to say universally, but typically off-grid systems, especially in rural areas, do not need a permit. Um, but you, that's, you know, that's kind of on you to talk to your officials and understand what's required in, in the area where you live. Yeah. Fantastic question on that. Awesome. And one question. For me, uh, is there any uh, cable management uh, solution? How do you how do you handle cable management? Yeah, so this is essentially our, our cable management here. The um, the trough that's on the side walls of the power rack is made to not have to have any outside clips or components of that. Um, and then we've also seen people use the the wire pop-in clips that'll go into the module frames to run the wires along the backside um, of the power racks themselves. Um, and then going from like row to row for wire management and because it is all above ground. Um, if you are staying all above ground, we've seen a variety of people use the wire hangers to make that very simple or just using a conduit that is attached to um, metal or wood going up the rows. Um, for that, but, but the troughs there are our, um, our wire management there. And uh, another question for me, if is there an option to reduce the minimum uh, amount of weight by anchoring them using some kind of anchors uh, to reduce yeah. the weight? Yeah, that's a great question. And and there's a, a way to, to reduce the, the wind speed that we know and we've done our testing with is by the use of a windbreak into the system. Um, not necessarily because um, we cannot provide the data our, ourselves on the ground anchors because there's a variety of what those may be. Um, but we know at a 50% wind blockage for a windbreak that we're able to reduce um, some of that wind requirement, weight requirement for systems, um, which is is nice because, you know, I'm sure you're thinking of a windbreak as being a big ugly fence with that, um, which is not the case with the power rack because of its low profile. Um, simply having you know, a, a berm that is almost at a higher, a little bit higher than the power rack itself in the modules um, is an easy solution to that. So it doesn't have to be something that is you know, kind of blocking people's view or not looking great. Yeah. 
Yeah, to add a little more color to the to the idea of using a ground anchor, uh, as Corbin said, there is a hole in the bottom of the rack that, that you could use to drive a ground anchor through. And, and undoubtedly, that adds quite a bit of strength. Uh, we, we can't certify that application merely because of the infinite variety of earth material and soil types and conditions in which anchors are being used. That's just an infinite combination that is difficult for us to be able to certify. So, um, but it certainly can be a, uh, tested at your unique site conditions. So there, there are ways to do pull tests and, and figure out how much strength a, gr a particular ground anchor would use in your particular soil, and then use that to offset or, or augment uh, ballast weight. So it, it is a possibility. It's just, as Corbin said, not something we can provide the data for, uh, for every possible combination. So if you have further Another... questions about that, feel free to reach out and we can handle those offline. A question just came in here about junction boxes. And so that's um, similar to the to the question about uh, module level, level power components. Uh, you would mount junction boxes and conduit and things like that uh, separately on stanchions or on posts uh, or buried. Um, we would simply ask that you not drill those directly into the sidewalls of the rack. That's good. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's, looks like it's it. That's it. That's all the questions. Thank you guys yeah. so much. This has been an amazing opportunity for us. Yeah, please, uh, please reach out directly. If you have questions for us, you're, you're welcome to be in touch with us directly or, or reach out to Renvu. Uh, and they can relay any questions uh, to us. We have our data sheets and installation manuals and all those documents are available on, on Renvu's webpage. Um, but please, we love hearing from you uh, even after the fact. So be in touch with any other questions or needs and hopefully we'll be racking your next solar project. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, uh, Corbin, uh, for sharing your knowledge here. As I mentioned before, this webinar is being recorded and we will send you a link in follow-up email with some offerings uh, that go with the uh, Power Rack. Uh, thank you everybody uh, for participating and see you soon. Thanks thank everyone. You, everyone. Take care. Thank you, Rinvu.